This Maimer Adam Kiyakriv, it's a Maimer in the beginning of Vayikra, of Lakute Teira. And it's one of the basic Maimerim. There are certain Maimerim which form the foundation of Chassidus. This Maimer is an example. It's fundamental. It's basic also in the sense that anyone that's studying, not basic on the level, but anyone that's studying, this is one of the one of the classic memory in which they do. Let's start it. Let's go straight into it. The beginning of it, you'll be a bit familiar with from Basi Ligani, which we just finished. In Perak Bays of Basilegani, it addresses this same pasuk. The way that it's explained over here in the Maimer is not exactly the same. Adam Kiyakov Mikem Vegaimer. This is the opening pasuk to the Parsha of Karbanis. In the Parsha of Karbanis, the Torah opens up and says, A person who will bring from you a Karban. And this whole Pasuk is a Pasuk which grammatically is very difficult to understand. In the Maimer, it's going to focus on a few questions. The first question is, Lahavin, to understand, It starts off speaking, not first person. Neichach means first person. In other words, it starts off speaking third person. Adam ki yakriv. Third person is when you're speaking about someone that's not in the room, right? If he will, he is someone else, someone who's not present in this conversation. Adam ki yakriv. The word yakriv means if he will. Lashin nistar, which is a language of nistar. Nistar means third person because the word nistar, as you're familiar with, means hidden. Hidden means that that person is not present in this conversation, so it's called Nistar, third person. Visiim, but it concludes Takrivu es Karbanchem. It doesn't say Yakrivu with a Yud, it says Takrivu with a Tov. The Tov in the beginning of Takrivu implies Lashanoichach, opposite or first person. So it starts off the Pasuk speaking third person. And it continues the Pasuk speaking first person. That's itself a grammatical oddity. Then we continue and we ask Vigaman also. Yakriv if he it doesn't say ki yakrivu with a vav at the end, it says ki yakriv. Yakriv is singular. Lashen Yachid, singular. Vitakrivu Eskarbanchem, the word takrivu. You want to look in or you want to get a safer? You want to get a safer? You want to just share? Takrivu Eskarbanchem, Vu, and Bchem is both Lashen, Rabim, plural. So in Lashen Akedish, you have Lashen Neichach. And Lashanister, first person and third person, but you shouldn't be mixing them in the same sentence. And you also have plural and singular 
in, built into the words. And over here again, they're mixed in. The word yakriv in the beginning of the pasuk is singular. Takrivu es karban chem is plural. Lashon rabim. So again, a grammatical oddity. That's question number two. And question number three, vegam, and also, milas mikem koidem kiyakiv. It should have said the word mikem before it says the word kiyakiv. Hainu, what it should have said is adam mikem kiyakiv. A person from you, if he will bring. Not a person who will bring from you a carbon. A person from you who will bring a carbon. So again, a third grammatical oddity, this time not in the language choice as much as in the sentence structure choice. But three grammatical oddities in this pasuk is quite a whopper, right? And if we have three grammatical oddities in the same pasuk, then that itself is a clue that there's something going on in the pasuk that isn't immediately apparent to the eye. We know that in Torah, there are four levels of explanation. What are the four levels of explanation in Torah? (laughs) Excellent. So these four levels of explanation mean that any Pasuk that you're looking at in Torah can be appreciated, can be seen from so many different angles. Like Rashi said last, yesterday, in in yesterday's Chitas, right? like a hammer that breaks, that, that, that knocks into a cella and it breaks into so many pieces. That was Rashi just yesterday. That when the Torah is a, like a diamond that can be looked at, every angle that you look at it from is a new world, a new life. And this is the way that Torah is. You want to get a look at the Torah? Want to get a look at the Torah? This is the way that Torah is. Torah is something that has so many angles, so many perspectives in it. Ach hinei And therefore, if we have all of these questions, there must be not just the pshat level, which is being communicated to us over here in the Pasuk, but it's clear already on the Pshat level that there's something deeper going on below the surface. And that's why when Chassidus is coming to interpret it, it's very different than when you're interpreting something in Pshat. In Pshat, when you want to interpret something, so the way that usually you interpret something in Pshat is you ask a question and present an answer. The answer that you present, often the language that's used is toimar. If you're going to ask, so you could answer. That's Pshat is like science. What? How does science work? Science works through yeah. trial and error, right? Through what? I don't hear you. Scientific method. That, what's the scientific method? You try something, you see if it works. If it works, then what? Experimental. Ex- you experiment step by step. That's the way Pshat works. If you're going to ask, I'm going to give you an answer. Chassidus isn't Pshat. Chassidus is coming to tell you what's going on below the hood, under the hood. It's coming to give you a perspective which you're not able to see on your own. And that's why an answer in Chassidus is often introduced with this words, Ach, however. 
In other words, if you're going to appreciate the deeper dimension of the reality of all of the worlds of Seder, Hishtalshlus, etc., etc., of godliness inside of the world, then you'll already be able to see your answer. If you're going to look at it from the right perspective, then you'll see that your question is not a question. So, ach, however, it's known. Every single person has within him two nefashis. You're familiar with this from the beginning of Tanya. And this is an important premise, which the Alter Rebbe sets in the teaching of Chassidus, one of the the, 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 the primary ideas which the Alter Rebbe sets out to explain to us right in the beginning when the Alter Rebbe starts to teach us Chassidus is that there is in every single person two nefashis. And when you understand that, the Alter Rebbe says, your whole perspective of everything, of all of your experience, of everything that's going on inside of you becomes different. Similar to Rivka, when she came to shame with a question, she said, what's going on? How could it be that I have these two opposite pulls inside of me? So shame told her, you have two people inside of you. <laughs> you have two people inside of you. Yaakov and Esau. She said, ah, now I understand. Now that makes sense. Similarly, also, with the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe came and revealed to us that you have a nefesh alekis and a nefesh abahamis. Unlike Yaakov and Esav directly, they're not two separate people. They're two parts of you. And your nefesh alekis, as we learned in the last Maimer in Basiligani, and as we're going to learn here as well, needs to clothe itself inside of your Nefesh Abahamas. But all the same, your Nefesh Abahamas has, so to speak, a life of its own. Even though that life of its own is fueled by the Nefesh Alikis. But your Nefesh Abahamas has a life of its own. Your Nefesh Alikis has its own identity. And because your Nefesh Abahamas has a life of its own, therefore you're going to find yourself pulled in Bahamistic directions, in animalistic directions. And you shouldn't get all thrown off by it. Sometimes a person thinks, I have a Yetzir Hara. That means that my identity is that Yetzir Hara, that feeling that I have. If I have a feeling, whatever it might be, that must be who I am. The Alter Rebbe comes to us right away and tells us, don't feel that way. Just because you have an animal soul, it doesn't mean you are your animal soul. And it doesn't mean you have to listen to everything your animal soul says. Just because your animal soul is asking for something, it doesn't mean that your identity is someone who connects to that thing. Your animal soul, by its nature, connects to it. And it's your job to refine your animal soul to the point that it stops asking for those things. Let's see inside. There are two nefashis inside of every single person, every single Jew. A godly soul and an animal soul. And now the Alter Rebbe is going to tell us a little bit 
about the roots, the lineage, the yichos of each of these souls. Asher nefesh alikis, that the, the roots of the nefesh alikis, shrasha, it comes from mebchinas adam, from the level of adam. As it says in the verse, Vayivra Alaikim as ha Adam Bitsalmai. Alaikim created Adam man Bitsalmai in his Salam, in his what image. So the source of the Nefesh Alikis is Bitsalam Alaikim in the image of God. The image of God, that's the level of Adam. The level of Adam we're going to explain later in this Mimer. Hashem himself, as we've discussed many times, Hashem himself is Einsef, infinite. However, in the process of creation, Hashem chose to take from this Einsef a certain finiteness. And that finiteness is defined by the ten spheres. in relating to creation, in engaging with creation. Hashem limited himself, so to speak, into these ten spheres. What's, how is Hashem limiting himself inside of the ten spheres? What does it mean that Hashem is limiting himself inside of the ten spheres? How do we understand this? So, we say in Pasach every Friday, and to chakim v'lo b'chachma yedia, and to meivim v'lo b'bina yedia, and to Hashem has chesed, Hashem has gvura. That Hashem expresses Himself in these ten spheres. That these ten spheres represent something. Each one has a label: chachma, chesed. Each one has a certain label, a certain description. And though that description captures Hashem, and in as much as Hashem is capturing Himself, is limiting Himself, He Himself is in safe, but He's limiting Himself in this level of ten spheres, these levels of ten spheres. In the, these levels of ten spheres, Hashem is called Adam Ha'elyein, supernal man. Why is He called Adam Ha'elyein? Because Hashem created us in that image. What does it mean Hashem created himself in his image? It means that we, human beings, also have in ourselves ten powers. We have three intellectual powers which we're able to relate to and understand what each one is. And we've discussed what they are at length and on other occasions, Chachma, Bina, Das, and then six emotional powers, Chesed, Vertiferes, Netzach, and then the Levush, Chitzayni, so to speak, the level of Malchus, Machshava, Dibor, and Maisa, thought, speech, and action. These are things that represent us. And this us that's represented in these ten powers is it's an image of Hashem, and that's why the level of Hashem, not in his etzem, atzmus, that's higher, but the level of Hashem as he's coming into the ten spheres is called Adam Ha'elyein. 
as it says in the verse, this is what it means that we were created in Hashem's image. That is the ten powers with which Hashem, in which Hashem created us, which are directly reflecting the ten spheres which Hashem limited Himself into in creation. And it says in the pasuk, on the image of the chariot, there is an image, Kemara Adam, like the image of a man. Now, this, like the image of a man, is already a whole different level. This is the 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 Adam Ha'elyain. If we speak worlds, the Adam Ha'elyain is in Atzilus and also higher than Atzilus. Because already higher than Atzilus, you already have the concept of the ten spheres, even though their presentation only begins in the world of Atzilus, but the concept already exists prior to it, and therefore Adam Ha'elyon is a level which exists anywhere you have these ten spheres, or even in concept the ten spheres, you have Ak, Adam Kadmain, and so on and so forth. These levels are levels which are representing these ten spheres. So already in Atsilus you have the ten spheres. But this kisei, this chariot, this throne of Hashem, which was seen by two prophets, this throne which is the highest level of godliness which was ever seen through prophecy by man, is not in the world of Atsilus, it's in the world of Bria. It's in the tip the very highest point of the world of Bria. Right in the beginning of the world of Bria, that's where you have this Merkava, this chariot, or this Kisei, this throne of Hashem. And the way that that throne is described in the prophecy is so powerful and so holy and so aloof from us that one of the things that we're taught is that you're not allowed to study Maisa Merkava the throne that was seen by these prophets in circumstances that will not allow it to be properly understood. It's something which is beyond our understanding. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's different words that are referring to the same level. The chariot and the, the throne. What was the, the first idea of creation? This world or the man? What? What is the first idea of creation? The world or the man? The idea of creation, Bria, the beginning of Bria, is not the man. The man is Atsilus. And in Basiligani, we learned that Atsilus comes from the language of. What? Ne'etzal. Or another language which Atsilus comes from is. This is your test on Basiligani. <laughs> Eight cell, next to, near. So it's Natsal, it's a piece of that which comes before, or it's eight cell. It's very close. It's very close to that which preceded it. So the Atsilus is a world of godliness. Bria is a world of creation, a world of existence. It's in the beginning of this world of Bria, of creation, that you have this holy chariot, this exalted thing. 
And on this holy chair, there are different levels, which we didn't see yet. There's the Pnei Shor Merkava, the Pnei Adam Merkava, the, the face of a man on this chariot, the face of a, of, of a um, ox on the chariot, as we're going to see that these two faces act practically as the, the, the source of different parts of creation that come afterwards. In other words, the concept of Seder Hishtal Shulav. What does Hishtal Shulav mean? What does Hishtal Shulav mean? A chain. What's the idea of a chain? Why do we constantly refer to creation as a chain? What? So there's the interlocking um, aspect of it as well, but the main idea that we're communicating and the idea of a chain is that there are links. There are dominoes, as I like calling them. In other words, you could trace everything inside of Seder Shtalshos back to where it's coming from. If you take out a magnifying glass and start doing research, start doing investigations, and you're going to look at any level inside of Seder Shtalshlos, you're going to be able to see, oh, this is coming from here. And then you're going to say, here is coming from there. And there is coming from over there. And so on and so forth. You're going to be able to trace, although there are myriad levels beyond what we can even begin to count, but you're going to be able to count. You're going to be able to trace back anything inside of Seder Shtalshlos to where it started. Because it's a Hishtalshlos, because it's a chain. Now, inside of this Seder Shtalshlos, not everything is the same. You have human beings, you have animals, you have um, holier things and unholy things, and so on and so forth. The reason there are so many steps inside of Seder Shtalshlos is because the various steps become sources for different things that come afterwards. As things flow through specific pipes, specific hamshachis, drawings down inside of Seder Shtalshlos, those pipes shape the hamshacha, that which is flowing through it, so that it presents itself here in this world differently. So the objective of this original kisei, this powerful level of godliness, which the angels saw in the top of level of, uh, of the world of Bria, is that all of its levels, the chariot with its different steps, with its ox and its uh, and its man, with its eagles and its so on and so forth, all of its different presentations, everything in it affects that which is flowing through it that that becomes the beginning of the differentiation of creatures as they eventually exist here in this world. And that's what we're doing over here, is we're tracing the two nefashes that exist inside of every yid, the nefesh alikis and the nefesh abahamis. We're tracing them back all the way to their source. And we're tracing them back to their source as they exist on this Merkava, on this Kisei, on this chariot or throne. But then the Nefesh Alekis were tracing back to an even higher source, and that's Adam Ha'elyon, 
the Dmuskemara Adam, which appeared upon the Kisei, that the Nevi'im were able to see this image of the godliness which precedes the world of Bia as it descends onto this throne in the world of Bia. And that's the Adam Ha'olyim from before. It's important for us to be able to appreciate that as we're seeing over here the, the, this paragraph, this part of the Mimer. Let's read the words inside again. Asher nefesh alikis, the godly soul, shrasha, its source, is mebchinas Adam, from the level of Adam. Its original source, where it comes from, is the level of Adam. And that's why we are called Adam. The word Adam has two opposite explanations. The word Adam is derived from the word which means why we called ground. You know this the, the story of the guy who came into the restaurant and he asks for a cup of coffee, he drinks the coffee, he spits it out, he says, this tastes disgusting. So the waiter says, I don't know why, it was fresh ground this morning. Um, so the why is Adam called ground? Because we came from ground. We were created from ground. But that's one part of our creation. That's the one extreme of our creation. But then there's the opposite extreme of our creation. What's the opposite extreme of our creation? Adam miloshen adame. What's adame? I am similar to. Adame le'elyen. I'm similar to above. Two extremes in the same person. No wonder so many of us are. Anyways, um, the, 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 we have in us the ground, and we have in, in us the Adam Le'elyon. That's the Adam Ha'elyon, the Adam above, the Adam which is Abishter. So that's one source of us is the Adam Ha'elyon as it exists in the higher worlds where Hashem chose to limit himself, so to speak, and be captured in these ten spheres through which he will communicate with the future creation. Let me just read this, I'm sorry. As it says in the verse, Vayivra Elikim Esa Adam Bitsalmai. Elikim created Adam man Bitsalmai in his image. Uksiv, and it says in the verse, Ve'al dmus hakisei, dmus kemara adam. On the image of this chair, of this throne, which the Navi Yechazkel saw, he saw a dmus, an image, kemara adam, like the image of a man. What man did he see? He saw the godliness as it precedes the world of Bria, the godliness of the ten spheres of Adam Ha'alyan, of Hashem. Now, it's going to need to be directed through the right pipes as it's coming through the Kisei and then going lower through the Kisei, it goes further down into the world of Bria and whatever is there in the world, the Heichalis, the chambers of the world of Bria. And then from Bria, it goes through a Simpson. You know, you have, you've ever seen the, the, the science? Kise? What? Kise? Kise is a, the chariot, the chair, the, the, the um, throne. 
You've ever seen the science fiction uh, movies where there's something which is going from one extreme to another extreme and it's like going through this like black hole kind of thing, right? It's zooming through. So that's as it's going from the world of Bria to the world of Yitzira, it's going through this... What? Whatever it is, like uh, at Simtsum, and then it, but this is all part of the Hishtalshlus, it's all part of the chain, it's all part of the the dominoes, as it's going from the world of Ria to the world of Yitzira, and then it's in the world of Yitzira, and it's going through the Heichalis, the chambers of the world of Yitzira, etc., until it pops into this world, and it becomes our nefesh alikis, our godly soul. This is a huge descent. You cannot begin to imagine the journey which the neshama goes through as it's traveling from its original source, where it is connected to Adam ha'alyein, and then it becomes kidmus ha'adam ha'alyein, and it goes through. But where does it start this journey? It starts the journey, the Hishtalshlus, as it's going below, as it begins this journey. It's through the level of Pnei Adam, which it describes over there in that same prophecy of Yechezkel, that's on this same Merkava, the same chariot that he saw. That's the godly soul. So the godly soul originates with Hashem himself, as Hashem is Adam HaElyon, and it's then passing through the Pnei Adam, the face of man. That means the human, the godly, the, the, the elevated level of creation, and it comes down here into this world. Um, where, does, where does the concept of... Um like come start. Where did that? So because it, 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 there are different levels, but Yesh Me'ayin starts first at the beginning of Atzilus to a certain degree. Right. But really, Atzilus is not really Yesh because Atzilus has no tangibility to it. So really, Yesh Me'ayin, the real, the 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 the, 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 the starkest contrast of Yashmi Ayin, which again, it exists in various levels all along throughout the process, but the starkest Yashmi Ayin exists from the transition from Atzilus to Bria. <coughs> in that transition from Atzilus to Bria, you have Ayin, just pure godliness, and Yash, a kise, a merkava, something. And, but, the, the, but like yes, Yashmi Ayin like interrupts, I thought, like the concept of Ishtalshlus, does it not? Because it's like complete absence. Yes, absolutely. If there's going to be Yesh Me'ayin, then you're not going to be able to trace it back. So to a certain degree, that Yesh Me'ayin interrupts the process. However, to a certain degree, it's going through a process in that Yesh Me'ayin itself. That means in yourself too, you go through Yesh Me'ayin developments in your own personal Seydishtalshtos. And usually those Yashmi'ayins are traceable even though they're Yashmi'ayin. That means you suddenly revert back into yourself even when we go to sleep. What do we go to sleep? What happens when we go to sleep? 
we're reverting back into ourselves, we're resting, we're relaxing, we're re-energizing, and then we wake up. That's a new yesh. So we're going from an ayin to yesh, but we're still able to trace ourselves back to the person that went to sleep the night before. As chassidim teach, that the way you go to sleep at night is the way you wake up in the morning. So there's a trace, there's still a connection. Even though you could go to sleep and say, tomorrow's going to be a different day, I'm going to wake up a new person, and it's true, and you do have the power every night when you go to sleep to inspire yourself to wake up with new focus, with new excitement, but still there is a certain yesh, which is a yesh me'ayin power, there still is a certain hishtalstu, so you're able to trace back how you're starting and where you're ending up. So inside of Seyed Hishtalshus, the Yesh Me'ayin is able to trace itself back, but there is a Yesh Me'ayin that you can't trace back whatsoever. And the, what? Which technically starts where? Technically, it starts in the beginning of Atsilus, which is the beginning of right. Seyed Hishtalshus, even though Atsilus, like I said, technically is not so much of a Yesh. We see that Adam Kadmoin is before Atsilus. So. Uh, how is that? How can that's you... so? So there is where you go into um, uh, each when, when you're looking from a chassidus um, lens. So each level that you're looking at, it depends how you're looking at it and where you're looking at it from. Rabbi Yael Khan, when he would teach his students and they would ask questions. So he would answer them, It depends where you're talking about. <laughs> so there was once a test that he gave his students, and this is, <laughs> every answer was, You can't get, if you're getting a chassidus test, you can't get it wrong if you write the because everything depends. It depends if you're looking at it from bottom on top, it depends if you're looking at it from, 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 from this perspective or that perspective, etc. So with regard to this Yashmi'ayin, the same is true. Okay? Then, that's the Nefesh Alikis. What about the Nefesh Abahamis, the second soul? The Nefesh Abahamis, the animal soul, he nilkacha mishmareifanim. It's the fresh ground. Where, where does it come from? Mishmare ha'ifanim. The ifanim are angels. What's the shmare ha'ifanim? Shmarim is sediment. You know what sediment is? If you have wine, and the wine has um, pieces in it of the grapes, whatever, so you make the wine, even if you sift it, etc., etc., there's still going to be certain heaviness inside of it. And that heaviness, if you let it sit, it'll sink, sink to the bottom. That's the sediment. Mm-hmm. So what's angel sediment? It's the heaviness or the waste of... The angels, as soon as you have something which is created, something which is a yesh, as soon as you have a yesh, there is heaviness there. It doesn't matter how sifted it is. It doesn't matter how pure it is. It's still going to have a certain heaviness. Yeshus has heaviness. And that heaviness, just like wine, where it sinks to the bottom, that heaviness sinks to the bottom as well. And that when it sinks to the bottom, it then becomes heavier things in the next level. That means, (coughs) 
if you have someone who is really desperate and the only thing he could get to eat is sediment, he'll feed himself off of the sediment. The lower level of Sayyidah Hishtalshalus feeds itself often off the sediment of the higher levels in Sayyidah Hishtalshalus, especially where you're discussing things that are becoming heavier and heavier as they descend farther and farther below. The lower level is feeding itself off of the heaviness that sinks to the bottom of the higher level. So that's what it says, the nefesh of Bahamas, the animal soul, nilkecha, it's collected, mishmari haifanim, from angel waste. From the angel waste. There's the famous story of the chassid that he arrived on the shores of America for the very first time from Russia. In Russia, he was used to villages that the, 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 the there was barely a two-story um, house inside of those villages. And uh, here he comes to America and he looks around him and he sees these skyscrapers everywhere. And he looks around, his eyes open wide, and he says, My goodness. <laughs> he said the, the, the angels had diarrhea over here. <laughs> he saw all of the physicality, the intense physicality around him. He said the angels relieved themselves over here in uh, extreme ways. What? <laughs> but that's the perception of Gashmias, and it's a true perception. Physical things that we have in the world around us represent the heaviness of the spiritual worlds, the shmarei ha'ifanim, the waste of the ifanim, the holy angels. But it's an angel. As an angel, it has a certain name. It's called an ifanim or an ifan. The reason why it's called an ifan is because it's part of the merkava, part of the chariot. So it's the ifan of the merkava. But it's called ifanim. So that means it's 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 a holy angel, but it's an angel, it's a creature, and as a creature it has waste. And that waste, that's where the Nefesh Bahamas is collected from. The there's a story that they tell of a anti Semitic policeman that was harassing some Yid. He says, what do, they, what, what do you Jews do with the, 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 the pieces of the Arla that you cut off when, from the little babies? Mm-hmm. So he, the, the Jew says, we send them downtown where they make policemen out of them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> keep that one in the back pocket. Yeah, the, the, there's a story with the Rebbe Marash. That one time there was a... Uh, a a certain maskal that came into the Rebbe Marash, but he was pretending he was from the what was known as the Enlightenment movement or the Reform movement at the time, and he was pretending to be um, uh, a, a religious Jew and asking all these uh, in, um, uh, deep questions to the Rebbe Marash, and the Rebbe Marash right away responded to him, recognizing who he was, like showing him that he knew that he wasn't who he was pretending to be. So he asked the Rebbe Marash, he said, how did you know that uh, I wasn't 
So the Rebbe Marash said there are certain babies who, um, after they take off the arla, they put it on their nose. <laughs> so I was able to see on your nose as soon as you walked in who you were. <laughs> but that's the the nefesh abhamis nilkacha. Where is it taken from? It's taken mishmare ha'ifanim. That's where it's taken from. It's taken from the the waste, the angel wastes. But v'shrasha, if you trace it back to its source a little bit further, it's mibchinas pnei shar. It's from the level of pnei shar shabemerkava. So there's the pnei adam shabemerkava and the pnei shar shabemerkava. They're both levels in the merkava el They're both levels in Hashem's holy throne. But they're two different pathways. They're two different pipelines. And what travels through one pipeline doesn't travel through the other pipeline. So what ends up traveling through one pipeline, becoming your unnefishally kiss your godly soul, the one what travels through the other pipeline ends up becoming your nefesh Bahamas, which eventually is collected from these shmari fanim and then lower and lower. Vitachlis. Okay. Now, first of all, note an important contrast between the Nefesh Alikis and the Nefesh Abahamas. The Nefesh Alikis starts off, first of all, when we describe it, we describe first where it starts and then where it ends up. Mm-hmm. And the Nefesh Abahamas, we describe first where it's lower, it's lower level, and then we, we trace it back higher. Mm-hmm. So Because the Nefesh Abahamas is naturally the lower level, but it comes from somewhere higher. The nefesh alikis is naturally a higher level that descends somewhere lower. So that's the difference in between the description over here in the Mimer. But furthermore, the nefesh alikis we traced back first to the Adam Ha'olyan itself, B'Tselem Alikim, and then to the Pnei Adam Shabimerkava, which is in the world of Bria. One is higher and one is lower. The Nefesh Bahamis does not originate higher than the world of Bria. It doesn't have anything that exists higher than the world of Bria. All of the physicality of this world, it doesn't start before the world of Bria. That's the meaning of the word Bria, means creation. Creation only begins in the world of Bria. It doesn't begin, so to speak, in the world of Atsilos, the existence of creation, the yeshus of creation. It only starts in the world of Bria. And this yeshus of the Nefesh Bahamis, of the animal soul, <coughs> is a yeshus which its beginning is the Pnei Shar, not the Pnei Adam. So the Pnei Shar, that's the very beginning of it. The Pnei Adam is not the very beginning of the godly soul. The Adam Ha'olyan, which is higher, is the beginning of it. And this this contrast is going to be very important as we're, we'll continue with Hashem's help to learn the Mimer. Let's read a little bit further. The objective of the descent of the soul into this world, is in order to refine the animal soul. So you should be very familiar with this. From Basilagani. <laughs> the objective of why we are here is that our Nefesh Alekis should clothe itself 
inside of the nefesh abhamis, of the animal soul, and make the animal soul transparent, that the nefesh alikish should shine through the nefesh abhamis. Our objective is not to be behemis. Sometimes again, like I told you earlier in the class, we wake up in the morning and we feel, I love eclairs. And because I love eclairs, it must be that my objective here is to eat eclairs. Right? You ever had an eclair? Mm-hmm. Too refined for that. He's too edel for that. It's like it has just a little crust of dough and then inside it's just all this delicious cream. I'm, I'm sorry for, for, for filling you with machshavazars. <laughs> I love eclairs. It must be that my metzias, my purpose of being here, my purpose of being here is to eat eclairs. So the mimer is coming here and teaching us that that's not true. It's not true. We have a nefesh Bahamas, and the nefesh Bahamas naturally is attracted to eclairs. But just because it's attracted to its eclairs doesn't mean that that's what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to take the reins of the Nefesh Abahamis and direct it in the right way. That's Iskafya. Iskafya means you tell the Nefesh Abahamis, don't do whatever you want to do. Just because you want to go somewhere doesn't mean that's where you should be going. Just because you want to do something doesn't mean that's what you should be doing. You're going to do what I tell you to do and you're going to go where I tell you to go. That's Iskafia. And through Iskafia, eventually, you'll train the Nefesh Bahamas that the Nefesh Bahamas won't just be a wild animal, but it'll actually appreciate why it's here to the point that you'll have Ishapcha, that you'll be able to recognize the godly soul through the animal soul. That's what the whole Basilagani was about, right? That's the purpose. Don't think that just because you have a Nefesh Bahamas, you're supposed to listen to everything the Nefesh Bahamas says. That's not accurate. You're supposed to have a skaf in this apcha, and through that, be mevarer the Nefesh Bahamas. V'hainu, al yidei Nefesh Alekis, through the godly soul, ha-mislabeshas ba, which clothes itself inside of it. The Nefesh Alekis, the godly soul, clothes itself inside of the animal soul. Like we have discussed, mm-hmm. but when it's clothed inside of the animal soul, umispeinenes, it reflects b'Hashem <laughs> Echad. It reflects on the oneness of God. It reflects on the oneness of God as it's clothed inside of the nefesh of Hamas. In other words, the nefesh of Hamas wakes up in the morning and it says, "I want to just roll around in an eclair." Right. And the Nefesh Elikis says, that's not what we're going to do now. We're going to say Meida'ani and wash Negel Vasser and say Brachis and think about Hashem Echad. And the Nefesh HaBahamis is forced to do what the Nefesh Elikis wants because the Nefesh Elikis holds the reins in its hand. It controls the Nefesh HaBahamis. And therefore, the Nefesh HaBahamis is forced to think about Hashem Echad. And don't forget, you're thinking about Hashem Echad as a Nefesh Elikis clothed inside of a Nefesh Bahamas. That means it's relating to the Nefesh Bahamas. It's through the Seichel, the intellect, the Nefesh HaSichlis, as it's sometimes called, the intellectual soul, which is related, which is connected to the Nefesh Bahamas. Mm-hmm. 
And so through this, through reflecting on this, you'll bring it to Vahavta Bechal Levavcha Bishne Yitzracha. You'll bring the Nefesh of Bahamas to love Hashem as well. But in order to accomplish that, the Maimon is going to teach us we need an additional step. It's not enough just to think Chsidis. It's not enough just to be misbeinen in a Maimon Chsidis. Because what happens is sometimes the Nefesh of Bahamas says, listen, I'm going to shut up while you're thinking about your Hashem Echad. And when you're finished with your Hashem Echad and you wrap up your tefillin and put them away, then I'm going to start thinking about my pancakes again. Then, then I get to express myself. You get your chance to talk. I get my chance to talk. You know the story of the, the, the boy that comes home. He says... To his parents, he says, uh, I'm, I'm, he's so excited. He says, I got, I got uh, a role in the play. I got a, a part in the play. He says, what's your part? He says, it's the Jewish husband. So they tell him, oh, well, maybe next time you'll get a speaking role too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- th- there are certain... There are certain times that the Nefesh of Bahamas feels, listen, I'll be quiet for now as long as you're doing your thing, and then I'll start speaking up again. So that's not a sufficient bearer refinement of the Nefesh of Bahamas. It's necessary that the Nefesh kiss speak to the Nefesh of Bahamas and convince the Nefesh of Bahamas, Hashem Echad is not just my thing. Hashem Echad is our thing. We're together on this. This isn't, I'm going to do my thing, you're going to do your thing, and that's it. We'll each do our thing and try not to roll over each other too much. But rather, we need to think about Hashem Echad together. And the way that the Nefesh of Bahamas convinces the Nefesh, the Nefesh Kiss, excuse me, convinces the Nefesh of Bahamas, the godly soul convinces the animal soul that we need to think about Hashem Echad, is it doesn't just jump straight into Krishna. It goes through a process. It starts with Maida Ani and Psukhe de Zimra and Birchas Krishna, which is what we're going to focus on in this Mimer. And the Birchas Krishna helps the Nefesh of Bahamas appreciate its Yichus its lineage, where it comes from. And by under, helping the Nefesh of Bahamas appreciate that, it helps the Nefesh of Bahamas also be engaged in the conversation of Hashem Echad, which that's what's true, what truly brings to Vahavta B'Shnei Yitzracha, B'chol Levavcha B'Shnei Yitzracha, to loving Hashem completely. We'll discuss it more tomorrow morning, Bezus Hashem Yisbah.